Hello, and welcome to uh, what we're listening to for episode four. I'm Josh, and with me as always, my good buddy Asher. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. What's up? It's a lovely rainy day here in Vancouver, so I hope it's better for you. It's very sunny and quite beautiful here, and I don't say that just to make you jealous. <laughs> but partly I do. <laughs> um, do you have any we have any catch-up? I don't I have a little bit, but not a ton. I I have a fair bit. I tried to be a good boy and do some of my like follow-up that I said I would do. So I did listen to Gorillas. I listened to both Aerie, oh. yeah, Aries and Desole. Desole? Yeah, that's Desole, yeah. I think I really like Desole a bit more. It was really pretty. Yeah, I, I thought you would. Yeah. The, the did they which one of them um Aries sounded a little bit like new arcade fire. And I didn't dig that as much. Um oh. because I didn't dig that album as much, but I don't know. It it was fine. Desolate was just much prettier and cool video clip and interesting visuals and sounds and stuff. Yeah. It didn't really like grab me heaps, but it was good. Yeah. I I have also not listened to the new Arcade Fire album because it's kind of trash. <laughs> there are good there's but some got, good songs on there. There's like two good songs. I've never made that connection though. I I guess so. It's yeah. it's it's very much a new order song, Aries. Right. Let's say some new order songs. Like 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 even the bass player is like the new order bass player, right? So yeah. it's like really And I could hear the bass. I was like, oh that's yeah, that's why they got Peter Hook in for that signature sound. And Oh, it's so beautiful. Even I could recognize that, the newbie that I am too. You have to give me new order one week because I just haven't picked one up yet. So yeah. <laughs> um I have two other bits of follow up. I listened to Fontaine's mm-hmm. BC. DC. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I listened yeah. to just the three tracks you put on the Spotify playlist. And it felt like I know you described it as punk. To me it felt like spoken word a bit more than punk, but maybe that's a um like it felt lighter than what I imagined punk would be. And is it yeah, early? Okay. Is it early punk or um the Fontaine's came out last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like nineties um, or I don't know. That that like lyrical style is very similar to a famous band called The Fall, who operated in like the eighties. Yeah, you mentioned it's like kind that. of spoken word, kind of punky. Like it, it is, it's very poetic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it felt a little bit more like later Me Without You albums. Um, if mm-hmm. you you probably don't know much of their stuff. Um, Not a ton, no. Yeah, like their later stuff is a bit more like that and i don't know it just it was cool i liked um dublin city sky it was lovely but yeah <laughs> yeah and i listened to a bit of lenkham's first album um and the first track which you liked what will you do when we have no money or something mm-hmm. um it was pretty it didn't have the like elements that i loved about their second which were all the guitars yeah. and interesting kind of soundscapey heaviness but it was still very authentic kind of irish music and um did you see they've got a npr tiny desk coming out soon i i have seen that i'm excited to watch that actually yeah so the the first first album is much folkier than the second one is i found Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it does feel like that but um no it was good yeah that's all me (laughs) um 
I don't have a ton. The only thing I really have is that the um the Violent Soho Boys released a mini doco of their recording process for the last album. I did watch a little bit. I think it was it's of that. So yeah. Australian. <laughs> is that where they're drinking it's beer so... from a shoe? Um no I I don't know. There's so much that happens. It's like they talk about like the recording studio they're in, which is like on the Gold Coast and made by like an in excess member, and it's like, oh, it's so Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I I mean watch. I dig those kinds of things, so I'll probably give it a watch. Sounds good. Like they basically talk about how like the whole idea for the album was to do like a, a, a live onset recording rather than like piece it together. Did they end up doing that? Yeah, yeah. So they got the sound engineer from the Triple J live stuff that they do. Oh, yeah, like a version. Yeah, who's like super good at miking like in room stuff, and so he did. He basically produced the whole album on tape. Wow. Yeah, sounds it's pretty impressive. For those that have never heard of like a version from Triple J, you need (laughs) to check out any clips. It's basically Aussie artists come into the radio station and like perform covers in fascinating ways and they would just record them live in house it's so good i i love that some of them are duds and some of them are like smash hits it's like just have a go kind of thing (laughs) and i love yeah it's always just like oh i like this song i'm gonna try it might be crap kind of thing (laughs) so um yeah one of one of my personal favorites is a a lady called uh julia jacqueline um, covering a stroke song, it's beautiful. Okay, can you I'll post s- that? I'll in have to find it. You, yeah, send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, um, that's all the catch up. Yep, that's all for me. Which means we move on to uh, we'll listen at our own time. Yep. Uh, you wanted to go first, so what did you what did you listen to this time, buddy? So as I mentioned last week. Uh, or last episode, um, Bandcamp Day happened and I brought up a whole bunch of albums I've been looking forward to. One of them was um, by a band called This Will Destroy You from Texas. Um, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're a post-rock uh, quartet um, who have been around for quite a while. I think their first album was like 06, I think. I know that their self-title came out in 2007. And then, so the album I want to talk about is their third album called Tunnel Blanket, and it came out in 2011. But the reason I got there was that on Bandcamp Day, they released like some rarities from the 2004 to 2019 period. Um, mm-hmm. And so it had all these tracks that were varying in their kind of um, timeline of sound. And I was listening to one of them again and went, oh, that reminds me, yeah, this is definitely from the Tunnel Blanket era. And um, I went back to listen to that album again um, because I bought it 10 years ago, maybe. Um, it was actually my first tape, my first new tape I ever bought. It was cheaper to buy it plus get the digital download and get it sent to me than it was to buy it on iTunes. So I was like, oh, cool. All right. My CD player in my car is blo- broken. I'll listen to it like that. And it was this cool, like, it came as a double tape because it's a huge album. Um, and it was really fascinating to hear, like, post-rock on that con- in that context. But the album itself at first, Tunnel Blanket, if you have been a This Will Destroy You fan since 
uh, yeah, whenever they released um, Young Mountain, you would get used to like explosions in the sky, kind of really pretty melodies. Have you heard explosions in the sky? Yeah, that they're basically my only real frame of reference for post rock. Okay, so they started off a bit like them, kind of shiny guitar riffs, really not a lot of fuzz or anything like that. Um, yeah. Pretty simple instrumental post rock kind of thing. Um, self-titled, which came after in 2007, I think, um, took a bit of a dive in terms of ambience. Um, and then they dropped Tunnel Blanket and it was kind of like they were just trying to distance themselves from post-rock as much as they could. And they had no melodies basically on the whole album. And I know that <laughs> sounds like a really bad idea, but like at first I really didn't like it. I was just like, there's nothing, there's nothing to kind of like not sing along to, but like have in your head as a way of placing this piece. Mm. But over the almost decade, I've come back to this album every now and then. I've appreciated it more and more and more for the subtleties. So where their earlier albums had, here is our main melody for this song. And they're really beautiful. Like they're good melody writers and they're good arrangers and they write good songs. Tunnel Blanket helped them to kind of um, show things in subtle ways. And so the first track is called Little Smoke and it's like 11 and a half minutes long. And probably eight minutes of that is almost wall of sound, chaos. And you're almost like, what's going on? But if you like listen through it, you can almost hear all, you can hear like violins peeking out in little bits and roads. And um, and they were the first band I ever saw use an OP1 by Teenage Engineering. Um, mm-hmm. And you can hear these synth lines and beautiful things poking out from the chaos. And it's like, I don't know, I listened to it two or three times this week again and just really reappreciated it. Um, the subtleties, it wasn't, I don't know. And again, it's textures, right? It's like these gorgeous textures. And I remember it was one of the, one of the first Needle Drop reviews I ever watched. And I'll post his review in the show notes because he's... He gives it a better review than I do. I'm just kind of giving it a, like an emotional response and my journey with it. But he gives a proper like in-depth review. But I really, yeah, I listened to it again and I was just, um, I'm just looking at my notes, a few things. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. There's so much going on in the background that you can miss if you just go, oh, it's really loud. Like <laughs> it's a crushing product. It's like crushing production. I don't know how they managed to fit this band onto this album. It's so huge because um, I've seen them live twice. And what they do is the bass player often plays distorted chords using all four strings. Like you'll find it gross. I know you hate five string basses. You hate basses doing anything non-bass. But, um, I think my eyebrows just went past my forehead. <laughs> so I've watched him on these songs and he has these chords which he's playing and that's the main backing. The guitars are like ebos and other stuff on top of the sound, but the main distortion is sometimes the bass. And it's really interesting. It's quite curious to see. Um, since Since like a couple of years ago, they've actually changed members. So I imagine they do the same kind of thing, but... The thing that was really funny to me was when I first heard Tunnel Blank and I was like, oh man, this is so not good compared to their other stuff. Like, why would they do this? <laughs> and then once I started listening to the side projects of some of the members, 
I realized that it's amazing their first two albums didn't sound like this because Christopher Royal King, who's the guitarist, does all this ambient kind of modular synth soundscape stuff and has been doing it for a while, I think. But it just finally creaked into their music. So, yeah, I feel like that was the point at which their their solo projects and their main project overlapped a bit. So anyway, it's it's a really good album. I like when I first got it, I would have probably rated it about five or less. But now it's kind of up with an eight. I I really enjoy it from start to finish. It's um huh. it's probably not your kind of thing, um, just because yeah, it's not. It requires like appreciation of yeah drone, really droney music. Uh, and I know that you still find that a bit odd, but yeah, I mean you're welcome <laughs> to listen to it if you want. It's just amazing production. I think it's squizzer. If you want to listen to one song, this is the song that actually got me onto. This is how I got into this will destroy you. Um, it's called Black Dunes, and there's a clip of them playing it in their attic live and recorded really well. And you just kind of, I love the all the sounds and the kind of huge wall of sound that comes from them. So if you want to listen to one song, listen to Black Dunes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's what, that's, thanks for my, listen to my spiel. That's, that's what's been going on in my head. I, I dig it. So I'll keep listening to it. <laughs> What have you been listening to? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to talk about uh, this artist for a little bit, but I haven't found a good opportunity to. So I've been listening to this week, this week in a bit, um, an album by Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Um, called Str- Stranger in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phoebe Bridgers is an American singer-songwriter, and she's kind of always been hovering around my like sphere of things I've heard about but never listened to. Um, and she and Connor Oberst of Rise oh, yes. put out an album last year. Huh. Um, so I listened to that because I listened to a lot of Connor Oberst stuff, and I really enjoyed it. So I kind of pivoted to her own solo album to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. Um, it's kind of like uh, that line between like electric folk and like emo folk. It's mm-hmm. um. It's really atmospheric, and I honestly, it's has like a lot more clever writing than a debut album kind of deserves to have. I think. Hmm. Um, so when it's you like entirely introspect, sorry, go for no, it. No, no, no. When you say like, um, what were the genres you used to describe it? Like, like a, like a emo emo folk, electric folk. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. So is it similar in sound to Bright Eyes? Uh, maybe inspired by yeah hmm. Def- definitely definitely adjacent to things like bright eyes and like a more controlled version of um oh i've forgotten the band <laughs> anyway um yeah i it's like it's a very introspective project hmm. um but it's quite approachable i found and i keep on finding myself coming back to it time and time again just because like the atmosphere and the music writing is so um well put together i really enjoy listening to it sounds really good yeah and so she has a second album coming out in june hmm. um which people are very excited for and she's kind of taken like the the uh singer songwriter folk world of america by storm in the last couple of years um 
but it's kind of like everything I would enjoy about like a modern folk album that's taking on kind of the more electric side of things rather than the acoustic side of things, if you get me. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I haven't listened to Bright Eyes in ages. It, it, um, was the band you were trying to say, say was Monsters of Folk? Is that the other band you were trying to name? No, no, it's... Um, <laughs> my brain is slowly warming up. That's okay. um, we talked about them like two weeks ago. Um, the Anne Frank album. Um, oh, you Neutral mean Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Like Neutral Milk Hotel, kind of like the granddaddy of like the electric folk movement, right? Yeah. And people are like, oh, let's do that, but actually have like instruments we can differentiate in the soundboard kind of thing. And not everything has distortion. <laughs> Yeah, so this is like generations removed from that, where like the focus on the electric guitar still, but it's nowhere near as like distorted or fast, mm. really. But um, adjacent, I think. Sounds great. I'm. I will definitely check that out. Yeah, I yeah. Um, some of I think the song that really made me love the album is a song called Scott Street, because mm. it starts kind of like uh, low and slow. And built into this kind of beautiful um, uh, instrumental kind of uh, um, string organ piece at the end, kind of like it's, um, I don't know, it, it builds to a really beautiful place. And like it makes you just want to listen to the song again and again, kind of thing. It's really lovely. Hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Bridgers, I, eight out of 10. Excellent. We'll listen to it again. Yeah, excellent. That's fantastic. You know, oh, I'm looking forward to checking that out. I um, haven't listened to, yeah, Connor Overset in a while. Um, and he, sorry, is he on this one, did you say? Uh, he actually is on one of the songs, but they have a different band together. Right. Gotcha. Sorry, I was confusing that. Yeah, cool. Called the Be- Better Oblivion Culture Society or something like that. Hmm. Nice. Uh, it's not the actual name, but it's like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we were listening to. So I gave Josh an album called Fox Warren by Fox Warren. Um, It's their debut album. Um, And the connection to this is that it's headed up by Andy Schauf or Schauf or however you say it. Said it the same way twice. Um, Andy Schauf (laughs) is from Saskatchewan. Is that right? Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, And this is his band. I think Fox Warren is also the name of a town in Canada. And these four friends kind of grew up together is what I believe. I should have read over, re-read over the bio the other day. but um, <laughs> So I didn't know whether Josh would know of this. He knows Andy Schaff, but um, I kind of sprung this on him and I uh, wanted to hear his thoughts. So, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so I know Andy Schaff mostly through you because you gave me the party as well. But you had it already, you said. I did, but I hadn't really listened to it. You're like, actually, give it another go. And so I gave it another go kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I I feel a little bit abashed as a Canadian or as a part Canadian that you gave me a Canadian album that I hadn't heard about before, but <laughs> here we go. Um, you do it all the time to me, man. I had never heard of, <laughs> of Violet Soho and everyone. It's <laughs> true. Um, this album feels very classic Canadian rock. Canadian folk rock like mm-hmm. um if it wasn't for like the modern production values on it i wouldn't be surprised if this came out in like 1974 <laughs> alongside like neil young or like the band like those kind of records 
Bruce Coburn. Um, yeah, that's probably a bit too eighties. Bruce Coburn's a little bit, little bit farther out yeah. there. Is, is, this is more like a little, little more on the rock train than Bruce Coburn is, I think. He Bruce Coburn can rock, but it does sound a little bit more dated <laughs> than this. <laughs> Sorry, I'll I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> you go. You and Bruce Coburn. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, probably my like two things I love about it the most mm. is definitely the feel of the album. Um, like it's a little bit looser than Andy Shelf's other projects is, so you can kind of tell that other people are involved in it. Mm. Um, I would I would have personally loved to hear something like a little bit of a harmonica or like more classic sounds that mm-hmm. are exhibited in the old seventies kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I like that it's like looser and feels more like a band most of the time than just like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly on the party, Andy got a whole bunch of musicians to like write an album and they wrote a whole bunch of parts. And then I think he just ditched all their parts and then re-recorded everything himself. <laughs> <laughs> So that gives you an idea of the difference between the albums. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can hear that. Um Yeah. Like um the album is a little bit melancholy. Um it, like to, to me it feels kind of like the sad cousin of the band a little bit. Um, of of the band, not oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the band yeah, were Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. They are. Very right. much so. Cool. I only listened to them for the first time when I was going through my Bob Dylan phase, like a long uh, time ago. So I should listen to them again because I'd forgotten what they sound like. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very classic, classical. Mm. It's like, no, not classical, classic. Yeah. Not classical. Um, yeah. Just like uh, the vibe is uh, really like old Neil Young, like before the gold rush. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit of Crazy Horse. Like, it's it's really um, nostalgic for me. So I really enjoyed listening to this. What were your favorite tracks? Like, what stood out to you? Um, let me see my notes. Probably my favorite top tracks. Um, Everything Apart or Your Small Town. Mm, yeah. Or Fall Into a Dream. But things that were a little bit more uh, tighter or upbeat than the other ones. Some of them are quite spacey. Yeah, everything apart begins with that awesome bass line. And yeah, that was the like single that. that came out. And I was like, oh, I love, because I think it's um the bass is in triplets and then the drums are kind of just in 4-4. Four, four. So it's it's really clever. It's a nice little illusion. Uh, probably my biggest gripe with the album is that there isn't a ton of dynamics in terms of song differences. Mm. Um, I would love to hear like attempts at different sound styles or tempos. Um, like, like these, these songs all sound like they belong on the same album together. And that's great. Mm. I'd love to hear them try something a little bit more um, out there or different. The only track that fit that description for me was the one that starts with the synth line. Um, I forgot which one it is. Lost on You, it starts with that like weird sort of synth. It's in 6-8 and then it goes into like 4-4. Four, four. Um, yeah. That felt like they branched out a tiny bit, but you're totally right. It's all kind of very in the same vein. 
Like, like you listen to something like Harvest by Neil Young, mm. and the songs all sound like they belong together, but they're not the same as each other. Mm. And, it, and you have things like, you know, Heart of Gold and um, Old Man, which are like classics. You have other ones which are, people don't know as much about, which are like weird, like bombastic stuff happening in them. And they, like, he tries different things that aren't always as recognized as mm. famous, obviously. Mm. Um, but I really enjoyed the album quite a bit. It's cool. Would you... Uh, I'll tell you why I gave it to you. I mean, apart from the fact yeah. that Andy Shelf um, is someone we know, um, I thought that I thought that you would dig a little bit of kind of new Canadian folk rock, um, mm-hmm. and I thought you you might like it a bit more than Andy Shelf. To be honest, I like the party way more than Fox Warren. Um, yeah, Fox Warren is good. It's quite good. To be the first track is beautiful that's my favorite track on the album i think um it's just it's just a lovely band sound the drums are a real standout for me on this one um it's not like an album that i love but i just think it's a really good comeback too i listened through it again yesterday um on my way home and i was like this is beautiful like it's a beautiful album and it is cool that they do some different things um and this the transitions between songs are lovely and that sort of thing. Um, but I just thought that you dig it a little bit, maybe more. You kind of are more of a band person than a solo artist, I'd say, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Probably like the most songs I enjoyed about it were the ones that were the least like Andy Shelf-centric, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's like solos um, in it now, you know, and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I love a good guitar solo. I'm there. Cool. What would you rate this one? Ooh, like a seven, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, I but, found it's it's surprisingly easy easy to listen to. Yeah, yeah, it is very easy to listen to. Even the last track, which has like night noises of crickets chirping and stuff in it, it just makes me feel like it's you know it's like oh it's time to go to bed now. This is the end of the album. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite um quite relaxing. Cool. I, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Um, all right. Mm. So I gave Asher the soft bulletin by the flaming lips. Yeah. Um, this is often hailed as like an alt rock classic from the nineties. Um, by like the three to eight to 10, um, experimental electronica band from Oklahoma, the flaming lips. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is kind of like their, this is often seen as their masterpiece project. Did you say three to eight members? Yeah, they shift around. <laughs> um, mostly when they record, it's just three people. But when they play, it fluctuates from a five-piece to an eight-piece commonly. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway. Okay. They're, they're a bunch of weirdos, is what I'm saying. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So this is a really fun album. It's a really... <laughs> so the first track, just to set the scene for people who haven't heard it, it's like... It just comes in, I think it's a harp gliss and then big distorted drums and then some string sounds, which sound like they've been run through tape warble <laughs> and like guitars and stuff. I love it. I loved the opener. That first track was gorgeous. And that string sound has been in my head all week with that melody. Mm. Um, the first, I think the first five songs are like my favorite. I love, I've had that bug song in my head all week. Um, 
Do you know the one I'm talking about? What is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's called it's called buggin'. Buggin', yeah. So psychedelic lyrics, really weird stuff. Something about and the spider bite song. It's like oh, when you got that spider bite, we'd have we were afraid we'd have to break break up the band. You know, to lose your arm would be yeah terrible shame or something. <laughs> You're like oh, okay, so um. I really, really loved the drums and bass on this album. I think that that drew me in in a way that, like, mm. um, I might not have been drawn in. I feel like some of these songs could have been like a a nineteen sixties hit without the bass and drums. It's like so pretty and like mm. happy and like sparkly, and there's like you know orchestral string arrangements in the background and harps and. The only thing that doesn't fit is his voice, which um, I really love. I really love the like I can't sing quite well, so I'm going to put some or more auto tune. Raspy, yeah, it's so raspy, and then auto tuned and things like this. I'm like, what is going on here? I I, the the, I think I love that contrast between the drums, the drums and bass. Like, there's yeah, on the Buggin song, you know, the bass is distorted and it's like. Just after these beautiful harmonies with the vocals, it's it's really good. It's nothing but intentional. Like you can't just luck this contrast. He's been very very deliberate, I think. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. it's so beautiful. It's a really beautiful album. Um, the there's a lot of bold mixing choices, like track two with that really loud synth. Boo boo boom boom. You know that one. What? <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is so loud compared to everything else that is going on. And so it just feels like hats off to the producer and the sound engineer and all this sort of thing. They've done some really interesting things that have kept it. Like I I wonder if that's one of the reasons why this album is a bit famous is because it's so bold in its production choices. Um, Yeah, it's there's so a few things like, just a great combo of harmonies, auto-tuned, rough drums, you know, like I, the, it, the orchestration and like guitar parts are just really well done. The problem mm. is for me for this album is it drops off after about track six. Like once I get to Waiting for Superman, I think. Um, yeah. I get bored. That's track eight. I think from track eight onwards, I got a little bit bored. Um, do you find that or do you really enjoy this the whole way through? I, so I've been a long time Flaming Lips fan. I used to listen to them when I was a teenager over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, and this isn't actually my personal Flaming Lips favorite album. Mm. I just kind of gave it to you because this is like the most famous one that people like. Yeah, I really Um, like it. I just feel like it dropped off a little bit. And this is my first Flaming Lips album I've ever listened to. I would probably agree with you that after Trek 8, it drops off a little bit. Oh, I kind of like the gash, actually. But yeah, Superman, Waiting for Superman is kind of like the last like big hurrah on the album, if you ask me. Yeah, and they do it twice, don't they? Oh, no, there's a... Yeah, they, they kind of... Re- there's a mix. They redo the singles at the end. Yeah, yeah. I um, thought that that was an unusual little thing where they had a few <laughs> remixes. I didn't notice a ton <laughs> of difference. <laughs> so so the, the Flaming Lips are like, are just a bunch of weirdos um and they've been going since like the early 80s yeah and it's, this is like their i forget which number it is but it's like their seventh album the soft bulletin um and there's like a pivot in like uh, a couple albums before this one where they move from 
like heavy distorted guitars and like kind of and like frankly everything distorted melodies which are albums that i enjoy and they kind of pivot to this more um approachable melodic style with like a soft bulletin in the album after this hmm. um but they're like they're super experimental like one of their albums i bought when i was a teenager came in like a a five kilogram gummy skull um and you had to like eat your way into the skull to get this like usb drive that had the album on it kind of thing it was like they demented stuff like that well i remember Um, the first thing that you've ever told me about them was the one where you have to play four vinyls at once and on a tennis court (laughs) like where you have a speaker in each corner playing parts of the album is that the same band Yes, and that is actually the album before this one. <laughs> it's like a very famously like maligned, insane um, project called Zyrica, which is yes. like four different discs, and uh, it's um, you know, like like I should <laughs> listen to that one. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Um, you could probably get a mix of it now. Yeah. So I I was lucky enough to see the Flaming Lips play when I was when I was a teenager. Mm. And it's still probably like my, my top two shows I've ever been to. That and Radiohead, um, right? Yeah, like like lead singer in a giant hamster ball rolling around in the crowd and like <laughs> confetti cannons for hours. <laughs> um, if you like, if you show up early enough to the gig, they give you like a suit, like a if like if you're a girl, it's an alien. If you're a guy, it was like a superhero, and you like dance on stage for them for the entire show, kind of thing. <laughs> It's like it's pure insanity, and um, but it's also kind of like wonderful. Like it's not, um, there's nothing malicious or mm. kind of like negative about it. It's all just kind of like happy synth sounds, and everyone's dancing. It's a good time, kind of thing. It's, it it is definitely a dancey album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Look, I I really dig it. I I feel like I'm a bit sad it kind of drops off, but that might just be because I haven't had enough listens. Like, so yeah. I I think I can. I mean, I'm definitely going to send this one to my mum because she would love <laughs> she would love some of these songs. Um, for those who don't know, my mum is like a massive music buff, like almost more <laughs> than myself. Like she knows about bands before I do, so this is why you know I'll send it to her. For those who are wondering, it's very true. Um, anyway, so yeah, I would give it. I would just because I haven't got into the rest of the album. I feel like I'm around six and a half. I really like the first mm-hmm. few tracks, but then it feels like it loses momentum. I think that might change as I listen to it more. But um, yeah, I really like it. So yeah, thanks for that. You got to read that Pitchfork review I sent you as well. Yeah, I wasn't going to read it until I'd done the review, so uh, I'll check it it's out. So funny! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nice. All right. That was homework. Yep. Honorable mentions. All right. Honorable mentions. There's a there's a big one here. There is a big one. Do you want to start with that? Uh, I I talked about him last time. You, you can talk about him. Okay. So, uh, Josh and I, as you might know or might not, have been following the works of Bier um, for a few months now maybe a few weeks but we've been in anticipation of him dropping some songs <laughs> after and some false starts on my part um dropping some songs and just this past friday 
15th or 14th, I think he released it a little bit early, he dropped two tracks and a pre-order of an album, which is out on the 12th of June, called Now There Are Some Things That Are Going To Change. So the two singles were Profit and Love Theme. I adore Profit. (laughs) That Mm. song, I have played it so many times and now I've got to stop because if I play it too much, when the full album comes out, that song will kind of be the bump in my recognition and I don't want that to happen. (laughs) But um, I played it to Jess um, and I was just like, okay, put your headphones on, like let's both listen to this really, really well. Tell me what you think. So she really liked it too, but it was just... it's mm. such great production and such a beautiful song. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah. I yeah, I, I definitely dig Prophet a bit more. Um like a heavy, heavy Justin Vernon influence. <laughs> you think? <laughs> um But but I I for some reason I don't find it as predictable as I do like Bonnie Ver albums. Well it's a whole song. Um, Often Bonnie Ver just stops it, halfway. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I get hate mail from Bonnie Bear fans. I, I like that it 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 moves much more, um, um, like a, like the kind of sensation of like the drums and the guitar, like the, everything kind of churns forward in the song, which I really love about it. Yeah, um, and so kind of as you have this like beautiful kind of um, audio scape above it, the 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 engine's still turning, and I love that. That's kind of yeah. Once you do that kind of thing with um, ambient sounds, that's where you get me going kind of thing. Yeah. It was really interesting because the teaser sound for the album was just the intro to Profit that like, yeah. and I thought, and then when it just dropped and it was into like steady drums and like glittering guitars and that sort of, and this really beautiful piano and bass line, I was like, oh, that was a good Conclu- that was a good cliffhanger for us to kind of have our way in. It was really good. <laughs> um, the brass was cool too, wasn't it? He's brought back the brass. Yeah, it was so um, prominent. Yeah. Which I love. Like it just kind of hits you in the face like a big old trumpet. And it's great. Well, it's like Sierra, right? Track one of Bier was um, it's got yeah. all those, those trumpets in it too. And um it feels like a bit of a return to that, but with like heaps better production. Ooh, I'm yeah. excited. Me too. I, I think I, I'm looking at my sticky note, which is things that I'm supposed to listen to. And maybe like six of the albums that are on there come out in June, like early June. So I'll be very busy in June. <laughs> You'll have oh to pick goodness. and choose. We'll have to fight over it and see who wins. <laughs> Long distance. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that that's something we we're looking forward to. Is there any other honourable mentions from you? Um, I want to talk a bit about Jacob Wild. Oh yeah. Cool. Um, so you you gave this to me as a bit of a false start. Um, was it this time or was it last? No, time? it was this time. Like I gave it to you and thought, oh wait, that's too short for a full review. Like, and it I was knew- like three, it's like three checks long. <laughs> anyway, you listened to it. What did you think? I did. I um. There's something um, so pleasant about like just acoustic guitar-based kind of folk music. I I don't know. Um, it feels warm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, um, it does. So the, the the thing you sent me was he did three songs um, at the start of every new year um, for like 2017, 18, and 19, and they're kind of like reflections upon like. 
Christmas time in Australia mm. and um, just kind of the start of the new year. And it got to contextualize a little bit for people in North America that Christmas in Australia is very warm, um, especially if you're in Perth, like Jacob is. And it's very different from like a North American cold Christmas, I found. And it's um, also the holiday season. So everyone kind of slides into summer and there's a like there's a sigh of relief at the end of, you know, for me, it's like the school term ends. And so you just kind of like rest and there's like you enter Christmas time, which is a little bit busy, but it's not nearly as huge. And then January is usually just like you just relax. You might be on a beach or you might be just kind of at home and reading and being still, or at least that's my experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So this album kind of felt like that to me, like, Put on, put on your flip flops and you know, like your shorts and kind of sit out in the deck and enjoy the sunshine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he has an album coming out as well at the end of May. Yes, I think, I think it's the twenty fifth. First, first album. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited for that now. Yeah. Good. I this uh, this EP. Um. So Jacob Wild is a friend of a friend of mine. Um. And he he put me onto this and said, Oh, you should listen to my mate. He's got some really good music. And this little EP just captured me, particularly that song, Australian summer. I know it like it's on point, but there's something about that chorus that I love and the acoustic guitar, like he's a beautiful player. And for those who are looking for a comparison, the middle East are a big influence on him, I think, um, which are an Australian band from what? 10 years ago i don't know um it's they they've finished up now but they released an ep called um the darker side and then uh oh i'm forgetting the name of their full album i'll post in the show notes anyway they've got a really good sound um and jacob kind of draws a little bit on that but does his own thing with it and those three songs are just so sweet and so beautiful that I just keep coming back to it and it's over in five minutes or whatever it is, seven minutes. Yeah. But it's it's good. So yeah, keep an eye you out just, for Jacob. You, you just reminded me of something. Yeah. Have you ever seen the um speaking of like a version, the uh, Gang of Youths yes. cover of <laughs> Blood the <Lulu> Song? <laughs> Blood, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Did you like that? I do. I actually it's on my list of sending send you, which is the the last Gang of Youths album. Um, but do it. I haven't heard it. I've only heard positions um, or whatever it is. That's like, yeah, come on. Anyway, I thought you might enjoy that. Yeah. I'm also looking at my CD collection in front of me and I realized that I have three copies of the soft bulletin in it. <laughs> do you mean all on CD? All on CD. Okay. Why do you need three copies? Don't, don't ask me. I collect things. <laughs> okay. strange. All right, I have just a couple anyway. of couple of honorable mentions, and then I'll, I'll then I think we should probably call it a day. <laughs> Shoot. Um. So just a random thing. I've been listening to a great soundtrack from a game called Lovely Planet. Um. It kind of sounds a little bit like Green Parrot. Do you remember you, you sent me that track called Kites and How They Fly, ages ago? Yeah. It sounds a little yeah. bit like that. It's kind of like this boppy, sort of really fun sound. Um. Another thing. Um, Dino Spilatini's released a new track called Horse Armor. Um, and I didn't quite explain in the last episode why I really like Dino Spilatini. I just kind of lumped it on Josh. Um, Dino Spilatini has been a really important artist in around 2019 for me. I just kind of fell in love with the textures and kind of 
feel of his ambient music that managed to kind of do the highs and lows just in such a well produced way but also like conceptually too like there's often really interesting concepts around his album so if you are revisiting heaven which i gave to josh last time check out the bio on Bandcamp and just have a read of what that album's about because it's kind of quite interesting um but he released a new track called horse armor and really interestingly he's kind of transitioned from really kind of fuzzy ambient to almost um kind of edm synth sounds it's really interesting this new track and the the video clip i think is from did we work out it was red dead redemption or something um but he's managed to like clip through walls and ground and stuff so it's pretty arty anyway the last thing anyway that's just one last thing uh the last thing i've had on my mind is a track called christmas pain in christmas town (laughs) by (laughs) by an artist called hot dad (laughs) I'd forgotten about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said this to Josh earlier this week. And um, so a little bit of context. I've been playing another game by Jay Tholen called Hypnospace Outlaw. And in this game, there's a fictitious um, musician. And so the game is a, is, a, is a 1999 internet alternative universe simulator. But it's kind of, it's basically an adventure game as well. And But in it, there's so much attention to detail when it comes to music. So there are lots of artists and genres which only exist in this alternate universe. And there's even like technology, like Jay Tholen made up a four-track recorder, which he just kind of created and then got he got his friend to record some drum sounds and and like said that these were from this four track recorder and so artists in the game use that four track recorder and have a similar sound so there's a lot of attention to detail but um this one artist called the chowder man um is pivotal to um the the game and this i won't give any spoilers but um this track came out around christmas time and if you I'm going to put the clip in the show notes. It's something to behold. <laughs> it's the worst kind of looking 3D animation deliberately. And um, the sound, I've just had this song in my head all week. Have you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have attempted to expunge it from my mind as much as possible. Anyway, so that's a it's very... quite something. Yeah, it's a long drawn out way to just troll you. So watch this and just enjoy it i don't know anyway <laughs> i feel like i've blabbed on for too long we good there there yeah, we're good <laughs> we're good all right all right i'll do the outro <laughs> thanks so much for listening to uh what we're listening to please have a look at our twitter and um instagram we've even got a facebook page um but probably more active on twitter um also have a look at our website there's other links there and it will take you to our link tree where you can find the podcast on various places but if you're already listening to it you know where to listen to it so thanks so much this has been uh, what we're listening to see you later josh see you buddy bye